Lesson 13 is Spiritual Intimacy. A couple quotes that reflect this lesson are Colossians 3 verse 10, which says, Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And this quote attributed to Martin Luther. One learns more of Christ in being married and rearing children than in several lifetimes spent in study in a monastery. The Purpose of Marriage Your marriage relationship is different from others in the way God designed it to also affect your relationship with Him. You each play a role in the other's spiritual transformation and how you experience Christ. No person is better positioned than your spouse to help you move closer to God. A wife is a necessary helper for her husband. Genesis 2 verse 18 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And a husband is to sacrificially love his wife like Christ in ways that transform her. Ephesians 5 verses 25 to 28 says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. You are coupled together by God on a spiritual journey. If you both seek to grow closer to God and follow His will, He will draw you closer as a couple. Oneness in your marriage is His will. Though you each will grow in different ways in different seasons of life, as one spouse draws nearer to Christ, it can affect the other spouse's relationship with Christ too. God designed marriage for you to grow in Christ together. Take a moment to answer this question. Question 1. What changes in your spouse's relationship with God have affected your own relationship with God? Experiencing God Together Like you, your spouse is wonderfully designed to glorify and enjoy God. Westminster Assembly says, Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. A great benefit of marriage is that you can learn from what your spouse is learning and grow in your faith as your spouse's faith deepens. The simplest way to do this is for each to share what God is teaching you. You may share a scripture you read, a sermon you heard, a book that introduced an idea, a song in your mind, a conviction you felt, or even an act of love to a stranger. Start with, this is what I am learning and praying, or ask, what is God doing in your life today? When sharing, don't try to impress or evaluate one another, but encourage each other. You may discover that God is working on the same area of your lives by different methods. There are many ways to grow your understanding of God through your spouse's relationship with Christ. For more information about how God has gifted you both and uniquely designed each of you to connect with Him, listen to Appendix E. Don't miss out on experiencing Christ together. Answer this question. Question 2. What is God teaching you this week that you can share with your spouse? Praying together. God wants to hear from you individually and as a couple. Praying together is one of the best ways to deepen spiritual intimacy. 
It invites your spouse into your spiritual life and promotes spiritual depth in your relationship. It helps you understand each other and be more empathetic. But praying together can also be difficult. When praying alone, no one disrupts your thoughts, interjects separate prayers, or communicates differently with God. And how are you supposed to pray with someone with whom you are angry? Well, it's not easy. God wants you to pray together because it brings you before Him as a couple and makes you address disunity in your marriage. 1 Peter 3 verse 7 says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. If you haven't prayed together regularly, it can feel unsteady until you find a rhythm that works. Keep prayer simple at first. Carve out a short time together that can be free of interruption. Avoid disrupting sleep patterns. If you aren't used to praying aloud, start by praying silently together. Take small steps to let one another into your prayers. Listen to Appendix F for ways to improve your prayer life together. Then, discuss steps you can take to improve prayer as a couple. Answer this question. Question 3. Pray. Ask God what step you can take to improve your prayer life together as a couple. What did God tell you? Confronting Sin Together One of the primary ways that your spiritual intimacy as a couple can be hindered is when one or both of you have sin that has not been addressed. If sin is affecting your spouse's relationship with God, you will be one of the first to notice and feel its effects. It is more important for your spouse to be at peace with God than with you. Your spouse cannot reconcile with you without first getting right with God. If your heart truly longs for your spouse to be right with God, then it is loving to try to help your spouse recognize and turn from sin. It is not helpful to point out every one of your spouse's imperfections and failures. Sometimes, when there is little harm, you can gracefully let an issue go. It's kind to overlook minor offenses. Proverbs 19 verse 11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. To know if an offense can be overlooked, ask these questions. Is the offense dishonoring God? Is it related to something in the past? Has it significantly damaged a relationship? Is it harming others? Is your spouse harming himself or herself? If all your answers are no, you can overlook the issue. If you answer yes to any of these questions, you should lovingly confront sin. Thankfully, God's Word explains how to confront sin. Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. And Matthew 18 verses 15 to 17 says, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Before addressing your spouse's sin, make amends for your own sins, as Lesson 7 discussed. Then, go to your spouse directly to address the sin gently and lovingly. Your goal is not to get an apology from your spouse but to help your spouse recognize sin and his or her need to align with God. Here's an example of confronting sin. 
I need to share something harming our marriage and children. I want to be close to you and for our kids to trust you. But when one of us disagrees with you, you argue, yell, and rage at us. Then you won't speak to us for hours. This makes it unsafe for us to share opinions. You deserve respect, and we want to hear you. But it is hard when you explode at us. Will you ask God to reveal what is behind your anger and ask for some help? We all want to be closer to you and know that with God's help, we can. You can hear a longer example at the end of Appendix D. If your spouse disagrees about the sin, or you remain stuck as a couple, bring in a few trusted friends, like fellow participants or leaders of your group, who can offer wisdom. If no progress is made, ask for help from other Christians who God has placed in your church to provide support and biblical counsel. Re-engage ministry leaders, clergy, etc. Intimacy is lovingly entering into each other's circles. It takes humility and courage to let your spouse into your circle to point out sin that you may not see yourself. It takes prayer, effort, and patience to build enough trust for your spouse to allow you to do the same. But working together to be fully reconciled to God is His will. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making His appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Fighting against sin alongside your spouse is hard, but the deep bond of spiritual oneness is worth the battle. Answer this question. Question 4. What unaddressed sin in you or your spouse is affecting your relationships with God, you, or others? Becoming complete in Christ together. God can use your marriage relationship to make you more complete in Christ together than you could ever be apart. You have the gift of a full-length mirror in your spouse. Your spouse will reveal things in you that no one else sees, even things you can't see on your own, both good and bad. Like other intimate connections with your spouse, it takes focused time and effort to know, understand, and build trust with your spouse in a way that makes it easy to enter his or her spiritual life. Ask God to show you what He is doing in your spouse's life and for wisdom to know how to enter His or her journey. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14 gives some helpful starting points based upon different observations. It says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Admonish the idle, or disorderly. In addition to helping your spouse turn from sin, as discussed previously in Confronting Sin Together. You are also able to see and help when idleness or apathy creeps into important areas of your spouse's life. For example, when you notice less consistency in your spouse's relationship with God, attentiveness to your marriage, or even everyday responsibilities around the home, a gentle nudge asking, Are you okay? I've noticed, can alert your spouse to spiritual drift. Encourage the faint-hearted. Sometimes, your spouse is aware of shortcomings and is already taking steps toward change. But change can be a difficult battle filled with setbacks. Your support can lift and propel your spouse forward. When setbacks come, note your spouse's growth. Encourage your spouse by conveying your love, commitment, and faith that God will keep working in his or her life. Help the weak. Moments of weakness will come. Sometimes they are hard to see in ourselves. Be an observer. 
Note when your spouse is weak, tired, emotionally frail, or being tempted. Ask how he or she feels. Listen to understand and pray. Find practical ways to help, like recalling God's past victories, offering a break from the kids, or easing a burden of responsibility. Be patient. Only God can change hearts. He wants His best for you both more than you do. Though you can encourage and tell the truth, you can't speed up change in your spouse. God will change your spouse when he or she is ready. Until then, stay committed, pray for your spouse, be faithful to God, and ask God to grow you as you wait. Helping your spouse grow and allowing God to use your spouse to help you grow will always be difficult. But there is no greater joy than seeing a changed life firsthand. Answer this question. Question 5. Share about a time that your spouse faithfully partnered in your relationship with God by how he or she admonished, encouraged, helped, or showed patience toward you. Here are three action items that go along with this lesson. 1. Before coming to group, discuss your answers with your spouse. 2. Read 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 and think of your marriage. Ask God to show you one way that you can help your spouse grow in Christ and write it down. Pray for humility to listen without defensiveness. Then ask your spouse to share what he or she wrote down for you and write the answer. Together, come up with one step you are both willing to take to support growth for each other in these areas. 3. Remember rating your marriage in Lesson 1? Scan the QR code in Lesson 13 of your book to see how your marriage has changed. You'll also have the option to sign up for a monthly reminder from Reengage to help you continue growing in your marriage. The prayer of the week is, God, help us grow in our relationships with you together. Use our marriage to transform me into who you want me to be. The truth about marriage. One lie we believe is, I am not or my spouse is not spiritual enough to pray with. But the truth is, prayer is not a matter of spiritual maturity, but a way to connect with God and seek His will in your life. There is no right or wrong way to pray. God just wants to hear from you. You can even pray with someone who may not believe in God. He hears prayers of people far from Him. God wants to hear from you wherever you are as an individual or couple. He is merciful and gracious. As it says in Hebrews 4 verse 16, With confidence draw near to the throne of grace, to receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. For additional resources on this lesson, go to reengage.org slash spiritual hyphen intimacy. 